0: All right, welcome back. This is. This, I wasn't supposed to say all right. Yeah, you were not. I mean, we we're supposed to do one of those really cool abrupt starts. What does an
1: abrupt start sound like? Oh, well, it's kind of like. Uh, well, I guess you would say okay, but we were supposed to just go straight into the action, weren't we?
0: Well, now we've gone much longer than if we had just gone with my all right and let it roll.
1: I know. It's, I have this thing where I just have to say something. And it just messes it up. Okay, let's start over
0: again and say, welcome back. been two years? Two years. I think it's been two that's years. That's a long time. That's a long time between episodes. We know that you fans have been out there just waiting desperately for a new release. How right? do we live up to this expectation? Now? I don't, Well, we have a lot we can talk about because there's been a lot going on in the last two years. There has been a lot going on. In Why uh, in the world haven't we been recording?
1: Well, I, if, if you're going to blame me, I, I had a kid and I finished my master's, so that's my blame. I'm
0: going to blame Nikolai. Yeah,
1: Nicola, yeah. I mean, Nicola is my newborn son that was born a year and a half ago. Newborn. Actually. So, yeah, yeah, we can blame him. I no, think so. things
0: got a little crazy at that time. You were finishing up your master's degree. You were getting a baby. You, you were moving. Well, you guys moved twice. We have moved twice since then. Yeah. yeah. So crazy. we used to live right next to each other, which was super easy to just walk over and record. And now, how long did it take you to get to
1: It took me about 35 minutes.
0: Yeah, see, that's a huge oh, that's barrier a to overcome. Did you come in a car? No. I mean, how, how
1: do you know anyone that owns a car?
0: Yeah, I don't. Exactly. exactly. Nobody absolutely.
1: owns a car. I mean, there are people that own
0: cars in all, yeah, but... Well, I no, mean, there's lots of people that own Teslas and that uh, <laughs> live up on the mountainside. That's not me and you.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, having a child takes a lot of work. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's been... But, you know, the important thing is that we're here now. And We're talking,
0: right? We are here now and talking, and hopefully it even sounds a little bit better. I've invested in a new microphone setup for us, so maybe even sound quality improves. You're about to get the new, improved Culture Cast.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, you let us know afterwards in your co- in the comments to see if it's. Better or if it's worse
0: or if it's the same, but you know it's been two years. We're a bit rusty. Well, in all this time, I'm sure you've been keeping notes of topics to talk about.
1: Absolutely, I have a massive, gigantic list of uh, cultural issues, and I've you know my my work with uh, I work with foreigners literally every day. Uh, so you know there's always something going on. So absolutely, I have a lot for you.
0: Perfect. And over this last two years, I have uh, worked in uh, a new country entirely. Uh, I started a project in Bangladesh. Uh, so that's been new for me to learn about uh, that culture. And I also, I just spent six weeks living in Jerusalem and working around Palestine and the West Bank and Gaza. So we have all kinds of uh, cultural experiences that have been going on in the last two years. I think we probably have things to talk about. But you're some way cooler mine. What? Yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah. I am cooler than you, but oh, nobody wow. can tell that over the podcast. That is true. That is true. The voice thing helps. Yeah. yeah absolutely. As we did decide that Enzo has the
1: sexier voice. Yeah, well... I mean, it's it's the audience that decides that.
0: <laughs> All right. But we were going to talk a little bit about babies since that was, I think, the main reason we haven't recorded entirely your baby.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, we, we had this conversation before and, you know, having babies is so weird. Right? Like, weird. yeah, it's weird. Like, suddenly there's a whole so another person coming out of your wife. It's like, you know, super strange. And I'm
0: saying that as a man, obviously. Yeah, that's the least romantic thing I've ever heard. That yeah. is a terrible description. <laughs> this new person coming out of your wife. All right. I, but it's heard? been kind of nice, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what, what, but what, what I've found out is that because, you know, that is a
1: conversation you usually have when you have children. Uh, and, you know, women sit down together and they tell these stories and you kind of have to stop listening because they become very gruesome at some point. Uh, but, you know, the the whole process of having a child is actually quite different in between countries.
0: It is different between qu- countries. I mean, I, I actually, I work with maternal and child health. So I have some experiences from different countries that I've worked in. But I'm curious about the Norwegian experience because I haven't had a baby here. But I have heard some things that to me sounded very strange coming from a U.S. context. Well... See, I I will be honest until I had a
1: child I had no idea what having a baby was like because I never thought about it I don't know maybe that is something that But you other- have
0: you have younger siblings uh, yeah, you don't remember? Then I, they
1: came home as a they new they little baby. They just kind of came home. I didn't ask about the logistical details yeah, of their delivery. You weren't yeah. there in the delivery room, and you were away. As as a, as a, like my mom's delivery room. No. Hell no! There's no way I would have been here in the vicinity of that. Uh, I barely survived my own children's <laughs> delivery, uh, but I think, but I was lucky, or you know, scarred for life of having been in the delivery room of my both my sons. Uh, one was in England and one was here in Norway and that is all I know that is the normal to me I guess those two experiences and in many ways they were quite similar but I sort of expect a little bit once what one, one season films you know uh, lots so, of screaming yeah so I'm going to ask you more questions before because I think okay. that sounds a lot more puzzling. Uh, but yeah, what do you want to know? You're the expert in maternal health. Oh, no, right? no, I
0: mean, I don't. I've worked in a number of countries, but if we're talking about in kind of the wealthy world, the okay. U.S. side of things, I mean, of course, I had three children in the U.S. with my wife, and uh, the experience there, first of all, is nothing like movies. I mean, the U.S. has moved on to like the most sterile, quiet. Deliveries possible. Everybody gets an epidural for example.
1: Okay, but let, let, let's start with sterile because that was that was probably the first word that would come to mind for me Thinking about this, you know, you see when I was in films and even in pictures from my friends in, in other parts of the world You see the dad with like a robe and like with like a mask and a little hat They look like kind of like nurses when they're in. Yeah, the,
0: I probably did gloves. that Yeah, I did
1: that I was wearing jeans and like,
0: sh- you know, I just kind of showed up. Did they have you wash your hands? Even did that, they just handed baby. I'm talking about England now
1: first, and then I'm talking about the whole thing. No, like I, I mean, I just kind of showed up. I don't, I don't remember washing my hands. I mean, I was pretty shocked for the whole thing, so there could be there's a few things I don't remember, but I think that was the first thing that uh, shocked me. Like, I just show up in England with my jeans and my t shirt, and that's how the whole thing happened. Um, uh. Yeah, and, you know, and I remember the Friends episode with Rachel sitting in the bed for like 18 <laughs> hours and people come and go. Yeah, yeah. Right? Remember that yeah. one? Yeah, that was completely not what happened in England. Uh, we, Eva, yeah. my wife, who is really tough, and I'm sorry for talking about your delivery right now, Eva, <laughs> but, you know, that's how it works. Um,
0: you have this sacrifice for the a success sacrifice. of the podcast. For, for, Thank the sake you, of,
1: for the sake of culture. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we called them. Uh, yeah, we think we're having a baby. Oh, cool. Come over. We took a taxi over, and uh, when we got to the hospital, they were like, yeah, no, no, it's not coming yet, just go back home, just come again when it's ready. So we're like, uh, okay, so we, you know, I expected her to just kind of lay there. Would that be a thing for you?
0: Yeah, so I mean, that does happen to people. They, they go in, and of course, they, they do some measurements, and they check out whether your labor has progressed very far or not, and if you're not very far along, I know plenty of people that have been sent home, and also people that have gone into false labor. But I also have people that I know and am close to that have had very long labor situations where they do seem like it's worth admitting them, but then it can take a long, long time. But I guess that in the U.S., I mean, that part about it being like this, you know, it's almost unnatural, the process at this point in the U.S. Everybody's going to get an epidural, which I'm totally a proponent of. That's great. I wouldn't want to feel the pain of it. But they also have moved very much into scheduled C-sections. Uh-huh. It's very common for people to pick the day that they're going to have a baby for whatever reason. The most minor thing that the doctor says, ah, maybe we should be worried about that. Let's just schedule a C-section, which is what happened with my first. Okay. So Megan, uh, our first baby was uh, in the breech position, um, and the doctor said, ah, well, we might as well just do a C-section then, rather than letting you go into labor and have you know maybe have to do an emergency C-section
1: oh no that's 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 not i mean the the, the first thing is that they try to make the birds as natural as possible and they they're always apparently from what i understood they were very excited with with eva because she did want to do everything natural no painkillers, no no etc which sounds a bit crazy to me but she handled it like a champ um so yeah so then you have this consultation with your midwife and you talk to them through what you want and that's what you want is what they do because it's it's yours and and I think that the whole attitude is that things have to be natural so you get offered tea and toast you know with jam and butter and you know that whole thing and when you get there you get to choose whether you want a water birth or a regular thing or I don't know what else they have yeah the water
0: births I've heard about that being just a very standard option here so so I should say I mean I, I will have some public health friends on this that are yelling at me right now because I'm not recognizing of course, the birth experience in the U.S. is a lot of different things. I mean, it depends on where you are. It depends on what your own intentions are. People can certainly choose not to have an epidural. They can certainly choose to, to uh, not do a C-section, for example, unless it becomes an emergency situation.
1: And you there, can choose all those
0: things yeah. here as well. I well, mean, and they, yeah, there are absolutely. people that, you know, they, they want to do a, a home birth, for example, and they engage in services of a midwife or whatever. What I would say is different is the trends overall. Uh, in Norway, I find that most of the women that I know have given birth without any kind of pain medication. Hmm. Most of the women that I know, their most of their consultations are with midwives, not with like an OBGYN, which would be most common in the US. Um, most of the women that I know spend very little time in the hospital, whereas in the US it would be pretty standard I think 2 to 3 days in the hospital and Ah,
1: oh, no, no, no. 1 day and you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean uh, the, the thing is if you choose to have a, a birth that doesn't use pain relief and all that So you get to stay in this like this area of the hospital that's slightly cooler. It's like the baby hotel Essentially, so they have this whole area that's kind of reserved for when you do things without uh, pain medications And when everything is going well, but then if there are things that are getting complicated There's another area that I think it's a bit more clinical, but I don't know because I've never
0: been there All right, uh, but but tell me this in this baby hotel where you are did you have your own room or did you share a room?
1: Are you kidding me? We had our own room with like a massive bed where I stayed with her as well. Okay. And we had the baby in between us and we had a TV and it was super nice because I was dead tired. So okay. we stayed there for a night. We could have stayed another night, but we didn't.
0: So that's, that's good. I mean, I know that that exists in Norway. I also know it's also pretty common to share a room. In the U.S. that is also the case. I mean, there are plenty of hospitals where they have you share a room, which to me always seemed like the worst possible scenario right I mean, you, you, just... you are dead to the world and i'm talking as the man who didn't even do anything i am just exhausted whenever we're getting to that point and i know kim is just you know she's been through a major surgery she had all three of our kids by c-section it would have been horrible to have somebody else in my room
1: okay now, now, let, let me ask you something because how much does it cost to give birth in the u.s
0: oh good heavens so i will not have great answers for this because it totally depends on your insurance carrier Okay, fair enough. And so, for example, I was very lucky because I worked in public health with a great firm in the U.S. who prioritize health and
1: You don't have health insurance, then you have a problem. Yes,
0: my firm they were very insistent on giving us the best uh, health insurance they could, which meant we paid next to nothing for our deliveries. But I have family members who, you know, it would they would save for a year or two ahead of time, and it would cost them seven or ten thousand dollars really to go crap. in and deliver.
1: I mean, kids are expensive already. I mean, if giving if just being born costs money. What yeah, the crap. No. We, I think the, what we paid was the taxi fare. Uh, I think that's all we paid. I don't think we paid anything else. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. So, I mean, you know, I think we, we, we got good value for money. You know, well, yeah. kids. So, so <laughs> if,
0: you know, my insurance company or I am, you know, dropping $10,000, then, hey, maybe that's why I stick around for three days in the hospital and I use up every bit of uh, resources they have because, hey, it's a lot of money.
1: <laughs> okay, now, another thing I have to ask you, because, you know, from birth, I'm, 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 like not from birth. From from very young, I always see these images of films where you have all these kids that are kind of like in a room with like a glass, yeah, like a zoo, yeah. like in little boxes. All right. Okay, so tell the, me about that. This is one. That what are, the crap is that, man?
0: I'm about to blow our U.S. listeners' minds. So the nursery, which is totally standard in the US. Okay, they, so
1: that's actually a thing. It's a thing. So that's not they, like a ridiculous thing no, they put movies that is, to, to that get crazy. Part of the,
0: that part of the movies is real. They take Are you your baby and they put them in the nursery and huh. they bring them back How to the How is that even allowed? I know. So that's like kidnapping. When I found out that Norway doesn't do this at all,
1: nobody does this. Who does this? Well,
0: so I've started poking around it and finding out, yeah, this is really a very US thing. This is not a thing in other countries. What's
1: what's the bloody point? Are you going to. What? that's how you get switched at birth in all those <laughs> really bad TV series. Well,
0: yeah. So, I mean, as I tried to justify to my Norwegian friends who were horrified by this, I couldn't really come up with Why? good reasons. What Why are, are we mind? doing this? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... You just kind of look like a zoo. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I will say that as the recovering parents... I mean it was it was kind of nice to send your baby off for a Are few Are you kidding hours. me? I think if I, I would have <laughs> if I would have told my wife,
1: yeah, Eva, I'm going to take your baby away. I'm going to give it to some stranger and they're going to put it in a room with other babies so other people can look at it through a window. She would have stabbed me in the eye or something.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, I I mean the longer I've been here and the more I thought about it, the more I realized, yeah, the nursery thing is weird. I don't, right, I don't know. I don't right. have a good justification for it. Right, right. I, I don't know. Somebody else can comment on here and explain to me why that's a good idea. But I don't know. It is the standard. That is the way that it works in the U.S. Every I, We had uh, kids in several hospitals in multiple states, and all of them operate the same way. There's a nursery. They take your baby away. They bring him back occasionally.
1: So do you know of any other country that does this? Not that I am aware of. So that's like the me- That's like the imperial measurement system of babies, right? Yeah,
0: I guess so. That's the U.S. You know, being our own thing. I don't know. Oh, I mean,
1: it's not like... I mean, they do some weird things and all, right? Like, I mean, my kids all kindergarten, they all slept, like, kind of in a shed outside, you know? Yeah. And I was kind of <laughs> like, oh, crap. This looks like Rambo first blood, you know? <laughs> so, like, but, you know, yeah, you know they, they do weird things. But kids kind of grow up, right? Kids just yeah. figure out. Now, it's a bit weird talking all of this uh, about... Birth and all these things
0: without having a woman present. I know we uh, we so, really you know, should have invited Kim and Avon here to I mean, give right, us their experiences.
1: We'll, we'll do next time about something that's not related to women, so we can empower them
0: to yes. to have a different say. We'll, we'll let else. them talk about uh, male puberty or something.
1: That sounds like a terrible <laughs>
0: idea. <laughs> they can tell us about uh, beard maintenance.
1: Beard maintenance, yeah. I think they're going to take offense to um, that. <laughs> yeah, but no, kids are doing great, and they're born in different countries, and uh, they experience different things, but as they grow, they're the same. They're all picky when it comes to eating, so they're doing you know, all these things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So is it, this sounds like a transition. Is this a transition? Is this or a transition? We're talking about food now, pickiness?
1: Well, we could talk about pickiness. I mean, it's it's always interesting. I have a friend who is a food scientist, and what she says is, children should eat the same as adults. You know, there's no, there's no need to give children separate food. They can eat everything. I thought
0: they needed more sugar. <laughs> don't don't they need more dessert? They do need more dessert. <laughs> see, well, she says
1: this, and in my heart, I wholeheartedly agree with her. Oh. But then I give my kid the same thing I put in my plate. I he just will to eat. You any it's of so it. so picky. Huh? But, uh, but yeah. wait a minute.
0: You're horrifically picky. I'm not picky. You are.
1: Picky. I, I am not picky. I
0: cook for you regularly, and I constantly you you have to like be in the kitchen, selecting what goes into the food and cooking it a certain way. I mean,
1: I I'm not picky. I just know what I want. I come from a culture that values food a lot and has lots of you know specific rules, and I have come from a combination of cultures that value food a lot, so I have some very particular ideas of what food should be like.
0: Yeah and you guys you put do. peanut butter in your burgers and Cheetos and the Wait. On a minute. I so. don't put peanut butter on my burger it although does. actually now that you say that I don't know. That might be good. Actually, it is. Hot, that, greasy yes. peanut butter? <laughs> okay, it actually is good. I will right. admit to that.
1: But you do put Cheetos on your casseroles and, you Cheetos? know. Yeah, Cheetos? Not what? Not no. Cheetos? Fritos. Fritos. It's okay. the same thing.
0: All right, but it, that's a Texas thing. That's a cultural thing about Texas. Right, right, yeah, right. And, mars-
1: and marshmallows with your sweet potatoes. Oh well, yeah, you know, that's a Southern... You guys, do, too.
0: you guys do weird stuff, Yeah, man. see, but it's culture-in, though. So it's not weird. It's just different. Is it, though? It's just different. All
1: right, reminds me of the time... Okay how do you feel about hot dogs?
0: Hot dogs, I love hot dogs.
1: Hot dogs are good because you know, they're very simple. They don't taste like much, so mm-hmm. that, you know anyone can eat them. I'm, I mean, I guess if you're a Muslim and you don't eat pork, you won't eat the hot, dog, well, no, hot dogs, but there are made plenty of beef, beef right? hot dogs. Yeah, yeah my
0: favorite ones in the U.S. Hebrew National. They're Actually, great. beef hot dogs, hot dogs are amazing. Yeah, they're yeah, amazing. Yeah, and kosher hot dogs. Yeah. I mean, our vegetarian friends right now don't like the topic, but hot dogs generally are pretty awesome. I've never. I don't think I've ever had a vegetarian hot dog. Are they good? I don't think I have either. I've had plenty of veggie burgers.
1: but veggie no, never hot, dog. hot dogs. Like we'll we'll try it. We'll rod. add it to a
0: list for this week, things
1: to try out. Anyway, uh, it reminds me of the first time I had hot dogs with my in-laws. You see, we're, they were going to make hot dogs. And I, actually, I know you don't probably don't agree with it, but I actually quite like hot dogs in know I no, the hot
0: dogs in Norway are garbage. Just I think they're actually any, quite good. Any listeners in the U.S. that are used to like a nice quality hot dog, a, like a sausage almost—I mean, with like spices or anything—and then like I'm not talking like Oscar Mayer wiener, that's the standard dog in Norway. Everybody, uh, that's the only thing they—they do. don't—they don't do any of the like fancy dogs. It's always like the pink, pale, unidentifiable oh, yeah. meat.
1: But when it comes to it. If you were to judge pink unidentifiable meat to each other, I think this one's quite good. I know you disagree. That's fine. That's okay. I still you eat them. You can be wrong. It's I cool. still eat them. They're just ah, not Yeah, good. right? <laughs> okay. So, we were going to eat them. So, we're at the table. There's hot dogs. Here, one peculiarity about hot dogs you know, is that they use this uh, kind of flat tortilla made of potato flour called lumpe. Lumpe. I actually quite like those, but that's not the point. The point is that they had ketchup, mustard. And uh, some sort of uh, fried s- onions. Fried onions, yeah. yeah. So then I, a dumb foreigner me, I ask, yeah, sorry, uh, where's the mayo? <laughs> and that's where the room went silent. Everyone looked at me like I was asking for, I don't know, the blood of a virgin or something <laughs> to pour on top of my hot dog. The
0: funny thing about the mayo thing is they eat mayo on all kinds of stuff, right? They, they, have, they sell mayo um, in the tube and they put it on bread and stuff all the time. I mean, it's mayo is a big thing. It's a thing. You know? it's they just never thing? realized you could put it on a hot
1: dog. No, no. And not only that, they were sort of horrified about the yeah. fact that one could even think about doing that. Uh, So now I bring my own mayo when it comes to that. But, you know, that's the thing. It's like...
0: No, I picked picked that mayo on my dogs in South America, in Chile. Right? So that's what they do. They have a big uh, hot dog culture there, the completo. That's uh, one of the few things that is a Chilean meal that is pretty awesome. And they taught me that mayo on there with sliced tomatoes and avocado... Amazing. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So yeah. I brought that back to the U.S. I, I mean, I'm sure people somewhere in the U.S. do. Yeah, it, but in
1: Chicago they put Yeah, okay. but
0: but the standard in the U.S. is going to be ketchup and mustard, and right. maybe some relish, like pickled relish. Is oh, that yeah, thing. Do you know this? No, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Right. Okay. But mayo, I don't think most people would do. But I love it. It's great.
1: I think, but I think the point here is how something that could be completely standard for a whole other type of people would be completely strange and almost rude to ask about in a different country. It is fascinating.
0: I mean, I always actually I'm surprised by countries that uh, you know they don't have like a strong culture for food preparation. Mm-hmm. Or how is it that an entire country has kind of bland food? That's weird. Isn't there anybody in the country that thinks, man, I don't like this. I'm gonna spice it up. Right.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I had a friend from China over for food once, and I made. Uh, I what did I make? I made spaghetti.
0: Actually, yeah.
1: No, that it was not spaghetti. It was tagliatelle. That's what it was. Big difference. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, tagliatelle are the ones that are flat and kinda of wide, so they're like they look like kinda of like long cassette tapes. You know? And then spaghetti they're like thin and long.
0: Well yeah, I mean I so then you're talking about the noodle. Yeah. Tagliatelle.
1: Like, is the th- the okay. thick
0: one, long one. So when you say spaghetti, you're talking about the noodle, not the noodle with the sauce, with the whatever.
1: I only talked about spaghetti,
0: yeah, yeah. They the, did have The sauce. noodle.
1: Well, obviously, yeah. What do you think I was talking about?
0: Well, no, spaghetti in the U.S. carries the connotation that it's not only that specific noodle, it's also like the marinara sauce, probably with some kind of ground beef. What is wrong with That's the whole thing. What is wrong with people? So, well, what other sauces would you put on spaghetti? There's so many other things you could do. You could do puttanesca. you could do
1: lots of stuff. You could do... But, you see, I like taglitella <laughs> better than spaghetti. <laughs> to okay. me, spaghetti are the, the bad the bad ones, and taglitella are the good ones.
0: But, but you t- would do the same kind of what I'm thinking of spaghetti sauces. You would put them on these. Well,
1: vessels. no, different sauces go with different pasta. All right, what well, those techniques? Tenderly. I li- radi- fel- red- I, tel- tag tag I I like ragu with tagliatelle, which is a sauce that has like like okay. big chunks of meat. I'll make it on some kind Okay, of <wh> ragu is I'm a
0: brand in the U.S.
1: Is it? <whadows> yeah, it's well,
0: a, it's just a brand, but it's spaghetti sauce.
1: Yeah, but ragu is. <laughs> yeah, I I think ragu is what evolved into bolognese with you guys. You know? Yeah. And so you guys use like mincemeat and stuff.
0: Yeah, but yeah. we would call that spaghetti, not bolognese. I am not going to say what <laughs> I feel right now. We've apparently because... destroyed all Italian cooking. That's great. But
1: essentially, I made this for him, and I brought cheese and I put cheese on it, which okay. is you know. Well, yeah, somewhat standard. Yeah. He had never had pasta with cheese. It uh, was parmesan. Yeah. Yeah, 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 It was parmesano, and uh, so I, I remember. He said, "Huh, this is good. I'm gonna try this more." I'm like, what? The, the sauce? He's like, no, no, put in cheese with noodles. He had never, what? Yeah, he had never, ever tried
0: it. See, that's bizarre. It's out there. You can buy it in the store. That was like in Chile one time. We, 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 he we had
1: been in the UK for, for like a couple of months. He was from China. And, you know, he had not thought
0: about that. But, yeah. Well, no. So one time in Chile, I was with a friend there visiting after I had lived there. We were going back to visit. And we went to make a meal for the family. And we cooked up this pasta dish that we, you know, we fried up some bacon to put in it. We sauteed vegetables. We put, you know, some, we mixed in some cream and tomato sauces, all kinds of things in it that were really good. And it was fascinating because we fed the family and the father and the son of the family just ate piles of it. They loved it. It was fantastic. And the mother of the family, who would have normally been the one cooking, all she could say the whole time was, there's, there's so much flavor. It's just, it's just, I don't know it's just there's too much I do I see, I do understand
1: that because whenever someone from the US that was not good at cooking mm-hmm. which I imagine you were not when you were 19
0: no 20, I was yeah. awesome this is when I was like 25 and oh, I loved, okay fair enough fair you enough. know I'm a decent you're a pretty good cook now right. but I mean
1: I don't know about back Come in because you know Americans do put a lot of spices in things
0: well,
1: yeah we like spices yeah but I, I, things have their own flavor you gotta feel yeah. it man it's like when you go have a steak and then it's covered in like barbecue sauce it's like what's the point? Of Wait, steak?
0: nobody has steak with barbecue sauce. Dude, Get out of here, dude! No. i am seeing some shit, man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> how how about your burger tonight? That was okay, that was pretty right? good. That was okay. pretty good burger. See, thanks, Mike. You know. Thanks, Mike.
1: So yeah, food is different in different places. No, but the I cheese thing.
0: Okay, so the cheese, cheese thing. Cheese thing in Asian cultures that I have been to. So i I've, uh-huh. I've spent uh, a fair amount of time in Myanmar and in. Uh, Uh, India and in Bangladesh at this point. And I would say I don't know... So Indian food has their own way of using cheeses, which are really great. I mean, they will do you know excellent uh, food with kind of cheeses cooked in them, but totally different than I would use it in the U.S. I mean, they don't like melt cheese on top of things. Instead, it's kind of cubed in inside of sauces and stuff, and that's excellent. I don't... In in Myanmar, which was much more like uh, Chinese food, I can't think of any cheese dishes. I mean it's not a thing off that. the top of my head. I don't I don't think they, they I don't think cheese new to us next time around. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't think cheese is a thing. Melted cheese? I can't imagine any Chinese dishes that use melted cheese.
1: No, I mean I don't know. I mean I've never thought about it. I mean I I just remember this now. It was like All right. no, so you bl- were
0: blowing their mind. You yeah. were
1: putting cheese on something. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, it's it's just crazy how something that is so common to me would be strange to them, but I imagine what things that they do that would be completely strange to me as well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I need to be a little less picky in that way. I need to try to experiment a little bit more with it. I, I don't but, I don't see that happening. Yeah, well, my food's amazing already. So, you know. <laughs> don't want to mess so with
0: perfection? Exactly. But wait yeah. a minute. You introduced me to the stuffed burger the other day. I know. This is this guy from
1: Minnesota. It was yeah. a bachelor, his bachelor party. Uh, and the meal was literally steak with burgers. But these burgers were stuffed <laughs> Wait, steak
0: and burgers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. The burger okay. was the side. <laughs> I don't know. Americans, what can I say? Yeah. So you Hey, know, that works for you. You're a way. You could have like four different meats and call it a meal.
1: Yeah, obviously. Mm. I mean, <laughs> that is a thing. All right. It's like full on paleo, but before it was cool. Uh, yeah, so this was like a burger with stuff in it, you know? Yeah, it was good.
0: No, I had never seen such a thing. You acted like I knew what in the hell we I, were talking I, about. Did. We went to the grocery store, and I was trying to pick out like buns and things, and you were like, no, no, no. And so then we we made a a cup out of the beef and piled in cheese and actually you did have me put peanut butter in it. Yeah, I did. It's good. And like sausage and stuff into it. It was fantastic. It was horrifically unhealthy. But, I know,
1: I know, I know. But see, I, I just imagined that you know these guys from Minnesota that that must be a Gringo thing. I mean, no,
0: that's a Minnesota thing. See, you get you be. get regional foods as well, right?
1: No. you guys are so big. There's just so much variation. How no, would I know? But
0: no, I mean, you lived in Spain. I imagine that the food is quite different from uh, one region well, to another. Was well, sp-
1: Spain? Yes, absolutely. But I mean, sp- Spanish people are very, also very picky with their food. They have some very specific ways in which their food is cooked. I was just in Seville now. And one thing, uh, it was very interesting. Uh, What was it? Yeah, one thing that means. uh, Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I was just in Seville, and food there is amazing. But the the way you ask for food is slightly different. Uh, So it took me a while to kind of talk to the waiters and understand. It's quite different from what they do in the Canary. Wait, what's different about it? Uh, It's more that the names for things are slightly different. So you know the Canary Islands has a lot of Cuban influence. So things that are very common there are not going to be found there, and of course the ingredients and everything are very different. So yeah,
0: so it was about uh, not knowing what to call things as far as ordering. I, I haven't been to Spain, so I'm I'm yeah, fascinated because I, I want to go and I want to really eat should. everything that they have, but well, I need see, The I interesting
1: there. thing is that the south of Spain has a lot of uh, influence because the south mm-hmm. of Spain essentially used to be a part of Morocco as part of the Moorish conquests. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Andalus, it's called, mm-hmm. right? But now the Spanish call it Andalusia. Absolutely. So people in uh, people in the Arabic world are still claiming that this, you know, used to be theirs, mm-hmm. right? So that it's theirs. So like the main cathedral in Sevilla used to be a mosque. Okay. That they converted into a cathedral. So let me see all the yeah. you know, and everything has of course a little bit of that influence there. It's a really nice place you should definitely check it
0: out. Okay, no, I really want to. I, want to. I wanna go and I wanna eat everything. I'm also interested in something you just said okay. about the Canary Islands having a Cuban influence.
1: Oh yeah, I had no uh, idea. Well, you see, uh, there was you know the Canaries was kind of you know for a long time was quite isolated from mainland. Spain. Well, yeah, it's
0: quite far away. I mean, it's if really people, far. if you're looking at a map, don't be confused. It's nowhere near Spain, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a part of Spain, but it's more, it's closer to Africa.
1: Right? It's 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 very much closer to Africa, and it's it's kind of like if you think about Hawaii and continental U.S., mm-hmm. it's kind of similar like that. And, uh, yeah, well, for a time, people from the Canaries, because things were quite bad, you know, Franco times and everything, they would migrate to Central America, to Cuba, to Venezuela, to other places down there. So there's always been a a connection. Okay. You know, people call Venezuela the eighth island of the Canary Islands. I mean, so the accent that people uh, have in the Canaries is not at all. Like they, they sound more like Central American than. Ah, I Spanish. had no
0: idea. This is all news to me. Okay. Oh, yeah. But you had the, did that mean you would get like uh, fried beans, plantains, anything like that from Cuba? Well,
1: yes, they do eat bananas.
0: I mean, no? uh, not
1: plantains, like, but they they do eat bananas and they do eat beans and they have like you know the like the, the arepas are quite common. Arepas. Do they
0: do Cuban sandwiches?
1: See, you've talked to me about those, and I still don't know what those. are. Oh,
0: okay. You're going to have to try a Cuban sandwich. We should do a Cuban sandwich night. They're fantastic. And for anybody else that's listening that wonders, watch the movie Chef, uh, where the guy, he's a chef, but he quits or gets fired and goes off and starts a food truck, and he makes Cuban sandwiches. It's like a two-hour advertisement for Cuban sandwiches. It's amazing. They are fantastic.
1: Yeah, I was talking to someone about... See, we've talked a lot about food, food and babies. This is probably not going to be the most popular podcast, but, I mean... Wait, is, everybody
0: loves food and babies. What's uh, wrong with food and babies?
1: Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I mean, that's you don't eat
0: babies, but otherwise... Well, no, not us, at least. I mean, <laughs> maybe
1: someone out there. But I think I was talking to someone from Argentina and uh, in, in Spain, and, he, and uh, you know, we all. it's quite common to talk about things with babies, etc. So, you know, so we start talking about places where one feels like home. And what he said was the place he felt most at home was McDonald's, because they're always the same everywhere, you know?
0: Mm. Uh, so that was weird yeah I mean I guess sadly to say that's uh, somewhat true right so as the American this is the accusation as the United States Ian, this is the accusation that uh, McDonald's is my restaurant and I mean it's kind of a default because you know in most places there is a McDonald's if there's nothing else there's still a McDonald's so I wouldn't want to claim it as like my restaurant but yeah I guess I can have that feeling that most countries I go to I can find a McDonald's and have a lousy burger and...
1: And you know what you'll get. Yeah, I mean, you, know you know what you'll get. You kind of sort of have a standard, mediocre, yeah. mediocre, I mean, there expensive. are some there
0: are some slight differences. So, I know that like in uh, Hawaii, you can get rice at McDonald's because oh. there's like a heavy Japanese influence.
1: And in Spain, in you can get gazpacho. Oh, oh I had a burger. I actually... Okay. Gazpacho. Confe- <laughs> confe- confession time. I actually went
0: to McDonald's while I was you were in Spain. Spain.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it was at the train station. I wanted to eat something on the train.
0: It's cheap. It's filling. It's you, the restaurant. Okay, the so I
1: had... Croquetas, which are like these balls of flour and stuff that had serrano ham in them. Yeah. I had a smoothie.
0: Okay.
1: I had a salad instead of fries, obviously, because that's what you can get. And it was uh-huh. this really nice salad and everything. The the burger I had had goat's cheese. And this art- is
0: all at McDonald's? Artisanal
1: bread. Yes, yes, yes. McDonald's is pretty amazing. Okay. Wow. That's and, and, interesting. And, you know, in every country, has is a little bit different. Like in Germany... Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, like, these grid uh, potatoes, you know? Like, yeah, the go- waffle fries. Waffle fries. Yeah, yeah, those are
0: fantastic.
1: Gitter, kartoffeln.
0: Okay. Those, then, are, in those Belgium, are amazing.
1: In Belgium, they have ma- macaroons. They okay. sell macaroons.
0: All right. See, McDonald's isn't the same everywhere. It's not the same It's area. not just a cultural hegemony. Yeah, v- but, it, but it kind of, you know,
1: you, you kind of have to adapt. And I think that that's that's kinda of what people have to do. I mean you can't go and be the same person every country you go to. You kinda of have to find your you have to find your waffle fries or your or your macaroon. You That's know? true.
0: Well what have you found in Norway? What is your
1: food? My food. Yeah. Go ahead. I like uh, I like lots of foods, but I mean, are we talking about my, my metaphorical food, how I have adapted myself? Yes, no, about actual I, food? I, <laughs> I don't want to
0: talk about like what you brought from from Spain or your previous cooking, Italian or okay, your way, have but like Norwegian here. food, what okay. are you doing here that so, you enjoy?
1: I think Norway has very few ingredients. Supermarkets in Norway are a bit more scarce than in other countries, but the ingredients they do have actually tend to be good quality. Uh, So, I quite like uh, uh, introducing their caramelized goat's cheese, or brunost, as they call it. So, it's this brown cheese, that is essentially caramelized goat's cheese. And I kind of like introducing that to to stews, and to to sweet things. Yeah, it's good stuff.
0: Okay, that's good stuff. I do like that. I actually do it the very Norwegian way, which is I put it on like their uh, crispy kind of bread cracker thing with some butter and some brunost. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Huh? But what about your metaphorical food? What have you adapted
1: now that you've been here? Because you know you've been here for three years now. I know. Right? Yes,
0: it's and embarrassing. You're not a newcomer anymore. It's embarrassing because I still don't know any Norwegian. But uh, yeah, I've been here a while. Uh, well, give me more though. Metaphorical food. Okay, Are you so talking for about no, how I make wait, myself for comfortable? Example, or wait, what do you mean? Yeah,
1: for example, I mean, because we talk about McDonald's has to adapt in order to sell. I mean, if, if a McDonald's were to Spain and had the same menu that in the U.S., uh, uh, people wouldn't buy anything probably. I mean, they probably would, but they would sell less. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you know, it's the same with me. Like now, for example, I'm uh, I try to uh, regulate the way I talk to people. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't go and hug people
0: anymore. You know, I
1: used to give kisses to people. You Mm -hmm. know, it was quite common for me to go and kiss a person when I.
0: We should bring that back. We should uh, make every Norwegian uncomfortable and do some. Right. Well,
1: I see. So that's how. That's one of my adaptations. I don't. I don't go and give kisses to random women anymore because apparently they don't like it.
0: (laughs) Um, my adaptation, so, I mean, even if we're just sticking with the food thing, for example, in the U.S., you know, you have two kinds of breakfast. You either have, like, the full-on American breakfast, which is going to be, like, pancakes and bacon and eggs and, you know, hot chocolate, whatever, like, some gigantic breakfast, or you have cold cereal, and that's, like, very standard. I mean, obviously, people eat other things, but cold cereal, and they have, like, a hundred different varieties of cold cereal, most of them very sweet, etc., yeah, that's you,
1: that's more like that's more like candy than yeah. Like well, it, of course
0: it? it is to the rest of the world. That uh, is a bizarre thing that we have a, a cold cereal that's called Cookie Crisp, and all it is is little cookies, <laughs> right? So nobody else would accept this as a nutritional option. Um, but Norway, of course, like most of the world, doesn't sell any of that garbage. I mean, they have Cheerios. and they have. I, do they even have any sugary kinds of cereal? I yeah, they do. There was they one with
1: Star Wars. Uh, the What's it called? Uh, the, the recent Star Wars. What's it Wars? Rogue One. Rogue One. It was really weird because you have these dead people looking at you from the box because you know they <laughs> died at the end, right? <laughs> hey, spoilers, oh, spoilers.
0: Spoilers. Sorry. Sorry. No,
1: but... but you uh... sh- I mean, anyone that wants to watch Rogue <laughs> One has watched it. It's fine.
0: All right. But let's just say they occasionally do some kind of weird promotional cereal which is like some generically sweet thing but it's always no, it was
1: chocolate yeah it was fine no it was, they're it was kellogg's I no, no it's
0: nothing like having like cinnamon toast crunch or lucky charms or, and diabetes yeah well yeah. okay so but i you know we we don't but i'm all totally fine i don't even try to do cereal for breakfast at all so instead oh. for breakfast we do a lot of uh, oatmeal for the kids and for me I actually like to do a lot of what they do here, which is bread with uh, something on it. I'll put a piece of ham on it or, you know, whatever. Have some just plain, maybe I put peanut butter on it. That's my Americanism. But otherwise, no, I mean, I have a very plain breakfast with bread and what they would call here poleg, which is stuff you put on bread.
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, uh, I'm trying to, I have to brainwash myself to actually having breakfast. Usually I just don't eat anything. Uh, or just grab some fruit and eat it on the subway. But you know, yeah, breakfast is important. Kids eat breakfast.
0: <laughs> what about uh, what about you? Other than hugging and kissing, which you would love to do more of, what else is your uh, adaptation here? My
1: adaptation here. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I will have to. I. This is food
0: adaptations. Food adaptations. What do you have to cook differently because you I think? Can't get the, okay, what you okay. Okay. Okay.
1: To. No, this is very important. Uh, eating at around five or six or seven. Or anywhere before 8 in the evening, I guess, is probably one of the hardest oh. things. See, this is I, this one of the things I love about Norway.
0: Heck yeah. 5 o'clock dinner
1: is Five fantastic. 5 o'clock dinner.
0: That is terrible. No, you I see, love
1: it. I'm used to having a very small meal in there called merienda, which is essentially just bread. Just like what you would have called breakfast, I guess. No. You know, some bread, maybe something sweet, some hot drink, Whatever. And then having dinner about eight, nine, ten, eleven.
0: But in they the flip evening. that around here, right? Because they do a dinner at like exactly. five, and then you do some. What did they even call that last meal? That here,
1: uh, they call it. Uh,
0: I forgot. Oh crap! Some Norwegian can correct us. It, but there's some meal that you have at like nine or ten that is bread and stuff again. Yeah. Polack. Huh. So, yeah. I mean, come on, that's not such a big change, is it?
1: It's a big change. It's a huge change because that means that right when you get home. Instead of having something small and then having enough time to go and cook something good, you have to cook right away. You know? Yeah, but so, I mean, they get off
0: work at like 3.30. It's an adaptation. Yeah, it's an
1: adaptation.
0: Uh, okay, I, I got mean, you. Yeah. No, I'm super happy with that because I'm always so hungry by 5 o'clock. <laughs> so I'm happy. 5 o'clock dinner is great. And I don't need to do uh, the last meal, the weird bread with stuff. I, I, know,
1: is that he, that. I, I know this name. It's gone. Oh. You know that happens. All right, we, Every right.
0: now that we're going to do this more regularly, we're getting back into our schedule, right? We're trying to do a weekly submission of episodes here for mm-hmm. the Culture Cast. You can just correct yourself next week.
1: Absolutely, I'll correct myself next week. Huh.
0: All right, so I think that probably takes us to the end of our ramblings for this week. We love feedback. We are uh, getting our podcasts up now on iTunes and other places. We've got our website, which you probably found this on CultureCast.com and uh, now that uh, Nikolai is a little bit older, and he's not blocking us entirely from podcasting, we're going to get together regularly. Absolutely. Right? And If you have any ideas or anything you would like us to talk about, just let us know. We'd be happy to take you on. All right. Thanks. We will see you.